and welcome to The Download. I'm your host, Dave Richardson, and it is Tuesdays, and we are going to start a very special segment on Tuesdays, that is where we look at individual sectors of the economy. We're starting it right now because we're in the midst of earnings season, and a lot of these companies, again, in different sectors are reporting uh, end of October through, uh, through uh, early and mid-November. And I'm joined by Stu Kedwell, co-head of North American Equities at RBC Global Asset Management. Stu, great to see you. Thanks for having me, Dave, as always. Back back in the office, I see today. I am, yeah. it's uh, It's been great. Uh, there's some members of the team down today, so uh, uh, it's really fun. Excellent. Excellent. Well, we uh, we, we thought we would, would start with, and I guess we kind of started last week when we, we were talking about uh, U.S. banks and the financial sector in the U.S., which is the first area to, to report this year, and in, as it is in most quarters. Uh, very, very strong earnings uh, across the, uh, the American banks. Uh, today, we thought we would focus on uh, the sector that is closest to the a lot of the people who are uh, listening to this podcast, and that is the consumer staple sector. And and Stu, what is the uh, what's the basic rationale behind owning consumer staples in your portfolio to begin with? What's why why would people have that that sector in their portfolio? Well, normally uh, consumer staple stocks are are made up of big uh, branded companies, yeah, um, like uh, Procter and Gamble, PepsiCo, Coca Cola businesses like that. And then the other big segment is, uh, you know, some convenience stores and some grocery stores and even the big box retailers like Costco. So you have a group of companies that um, have pretty good profit margins, uh, pretty good returns on invested capital, and um, they're quite stable over time. They don't have uh, some of the super duper growth prospects that uh, some other sectors might have, but you know, they're normally able to eke out, uh, you know, GDP plus type growth, uh, get a little bit of volume growth. And, um, you know, we all know maybe change the size of the package a little bit so they get some higher margins uh, yeah. from time to time. But, uh, you know, they're very stable businesses. They tend to have very good dividends. They have good track records of dividend growth over time. But they are not the high flying businesses that you find in some other sectors. Now, uh, as soon as I hear uh, they pay dividends and they're they're good dividend growers, that would make me think that this is an area that that you like in in to, to hold in in one of your portfolios. Well, they they have been pretty good uh, long term investments, and and um, you know normally they sell stuff that uh, you depend on each day. So whether or not you're washing your hair or eating your cereal or or what have you, uh, you know it's it's consumable stuff, and and it's you're very dependable upon it. And, um, you know, while they do go through periods of, of, you know, right now they're going through a bit of that period where they can have some inflation that's impacting their input costs because of the repetitive nature of the purchase, uh, you know, normally they're able to pass through those costs over time because, uh, you know, they may, you know, they may get some ingredients that go up in value and they have to eat it for, uh, you know, three months or six months, but eventually they get to passing it on to you. And they restore their profit margins and uh, and and what have you. So it, it has been a, a very stable uh, business over time or stable sector over time. The one thing we have to worry a little bit about is because it's so stable, it can also be impacted by interest rates a little bit more than other sectors. Because when interest rates are falling, it really helps their valuation, and when they're rising, it can be a bit of an impediment in the uh, in the shorter term. 
And that's just because they don't have that big booming revenue growth to drive earnings even faster than any change in interest rates. So, you know, it's not a sector that, um, you know, where we've actually, and we'll talk in a minute about how we've tilted within the sector. Right now, it's kind of a market weight to to a little bit underweight uh, uh, for us in our minds. And um, and that's because uh, rising interest rates and rising input costs are some short-term headwinds. But, you know, we think that they'll be able to deal with those over time. Within the group, uh, you know, where we have focused our attention has been on some of the the, the stock the uh, stocks that or the companies that sell the staples. So the Costco's, uh, the Loblazas, the Walmarts. Um, you know, in a period like this, those businesses can can do a couple of things. First, when the uh, when the prices rise, they tend to put their margin on the higher prices. So there's uh, some more gross profit dollars that allow them to cover some higher costs in their business. And the second thing is they can tweak uh, some of their merchandise offerings. So, you know, when you're at the grocery store and uh, you might pick up a little bit of general merchandise and put it in your basket, uh, that can be incrementally profitable uh, when things are better. So, um, you know, so when we look across the portfolio right now, it is in those stocks that, uh, you know, that we're finding some interest, again, in the distributors of the consumer staple stocks, the places you go to shop over and over and over again, uh, they've been, uh, you know, they've made some investments in online selling. They've done a variety of things that continue to put uh, position those businesses. And um, also, interestingly, uh, just as as more of these purchases go online, if you're Loblaws or Walmart or Costco, you're picking up a tremendous amount of data every time someone buys something online. Like uh, in the old days, if I went in and paid cash for an apple, uh, you know, Loblaws knew nothing about me. Today, yeah. uh, I swipe my uh, Optimum Rewards part, uh, card, so immediately they know who it is and what they're buying. And if I'm on their website doing click and collect, they get to see what I put in my basket, what I take out of my basket. All of that data is extremely valuable, and they can go back and sell that data to the uh, consumer staples company. And they can go back to General Mills and Kellogg's and say, hey, listen, uh, they put this box of cereal in their basket, then they took it out, and we would have never known that in the past. So. Lots of interesting things going on in those businesses. They're always competitive, but um, but it makes them a little bit more interesting than uh, just the uh, general staples companies that may have higher input costs and be impacted by interest rates a little bit. Sure. So, 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 so you're talking about where you're where you're sitting within the in the sector. Let let's let's just take a step back for for a moment though, and and take a look. You're you're slightly underweight the sector overall. What is the absolute? Could you describe the absolute? ideal environment and where you would be overweight consumer staples through the economic cycle and then the and then the, the the type of scenario where you would be dramatically underweight in the sector so what conditions favor the sector the most and what which don't favor the sector the most sure so when when things are steady uh steady economic growth steady inflation these businesses can drive uh say you know mid single digit revenue growth and cost growth that's you know, two or 300 basis points or two or 3% less. So they can drive earnings growth in the high single digits. They can pay you a two to three and a half percent dividend yield, depending on the company. They can compound your capital at high single digits to even low double digits in certain instances. Um, when they're very good relative performers and maybe slightly less on the absolute basis is when the economy is not doing well. Yeah. Because of the stability, their valuations tend to expand. So that can still get you, uh, you know, good, uh, good mid single digit returns during that period of time. And that what we've seen in the last 12 months is many of those businesses 
um, their valuations have contracted. So uh, with some concerns around input costs and valuations contracting, those stocks have been relatively flat relative to everything else in the market. So um, still quite defensive, you know, flat's not a bad outcome, all things considering, but, um, but those are kind of the three types of environments that we think about when we think about consumer staples. And as I say, uh, you know, we do think that the retailers uh, can be in a bit of a better position in, uh, in uh, the environment we're in right now. And, and so let, let's, just, let's just close it up then with uh, earnings for this sector coming in. So we, we hear about a consumer that is uh, fairly confident, not, not at all time high levels of confidence, but, but, but relatively high confidence levels with consumers and they're flush with cash. So are, are we expecting good earnings season now for these companies and, and, or, or is it sort of a, because it's dull environment as you've talked about, soft environment right now, but, but the, the potential for higher earnings down the road. Yeah, like a bit more exciting than watching paint dry, but, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, but not as spicy as some of the other sectors. And what we're seeing is their revenues are being reported and they're quite reasonable, but they are dealing with some higher input costs. So, you know, today was Procter & Gamble uh, dealing with a little bit of higher input costs. Nothing that really disrupts the, uh, the earnings growth and their ability to manage through it, but the stock is off 1%. Um, you know, it's been a, a quite a reasonable performer, but that's kind of the environment they're in. Um, uh, and, uh, and I think they'll, they'll probably stay there for a bit of time. Okay. So that's, uh, that's what to look for in the, uh, in the sector and, and beyond. We're going to, uh, we're going to do this on a regular basis. Uh, we'll, we'll always come, uh, through, uh, cause, uh, cause we do Tuesdays every week or most weeks. Uh, we try to stay uh, up on on really significant things that are happening in the market. We got a little bit of a window right now before some of the uh, the companies, uh, a broader group of companies start to uh, start to report. So we started these sector updates, and we'll continue them on uh, through the remainder of the year and, and look at all the different uh, major sectors of the economy and give you that background longer term on you know when you want to be looking at these sectors and and when you're going to want to look at something else and and why. Uh, and give you almost a guidebook for investing. So, Stu, uh, that was uh, a, a very, uh, a, I think, a great sector to start with, uh, along with financials last week, and uh, always happy to hear your insights. So thank you very much. Great. Thanks for having me, Dave. Take care. This recording has been provided by RBC Global Asset Management, Inc., for informational purposes only, and is not intended to be investment or financial advice. You should consult your own legal, accounting, tax, investment, or financial planning advisors before engaging in any transactions.